Well, hello there, Kansas City. Stephen St. John here with another episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. Before we get into uh, the real shit with Frank Bull, <laughs> I'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors, uh, Patrick Carter. Uh, you can look up uh, Patrick Carter at uh, kcfarmersagent.com and get more information about uh, Patrick and why he enjoys this podcast and why it's important to uh, go local when you go with an agent. Uh, kcfarmersagent.com, Patrick Carter, and of course, Frank, the reason that you're still kicking, CBD American Shaman. You uh, enjoy all of their products. You bathe in the uh, in the ointment. And it gets your last week. You told me it gets your it gets your fingers moving, right? Yeah, is that what you said? Both hands, both hands moving. Yeah. Did you know that, yeah. Lebo? Mm. Got to be on the you know the knuckles and stuff. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah you got to be able to bend. That's bend. right. Yeah, so, uh, CBD. Good for <laughs> Best ever. For all of their wonderful products that uh, we enjoy every day here on Hot Mike with SSJ. What's that website? CBDAmericanShaman.com. It's not Ducom. No, it's not. That's an inside joke. And thank you, Lebo, for already derailing this podcast, but well played. Well played. So here we are. This is uh, episode two of our uh, deep dive into the career of Frank Bull. And see, people loved the last episode, and you were worried afterwards, oh, we're boring people to tears, and they and they loved it. Did you? Were you happy with the response? Well, my kids go... We had no idea. <laughs> right. Oh, see, that's what I was going to ask you. Right. No, was the, a lot of that kids. like news to oh, them? Absolutely, or, yeah. Or were they like, oh, shit, we've heard these stories before? No, no. I, you know what? And I said it before, and that's why it was tough for me that you told me, well, come on and do this. I'm going, what in God's name? You? And then I thought, well, it's smart because they did the Jake thing, right, mm-hmm. which was viewed by eight. Million four hundred sixty-three thousand people. That's right. Accurate. So I'll be the guy. I'll be the tweener right after. Afterwards, I'll be good. the disaster, and then they'll move on and get something else. For it's not a disaster, and you, it's, it's very interesting, don't you think? I, mean, I think it's you're, great. You, these two are two of the guys that that we were talking about different ideas, and we said, you know what, we need to do origin stories about the personalities around eight ten, and and both uh, Lebo and ben, Frank Bowles got to be at the top of that list. Well, we we've done a lot of talking about ourselves on the radio. But not in this way to where I think everyone, every one of us, people feel like they know people at our radio station. I can't wait to get your backstory. That's going to get be after that. it. Whoa. But they, uh, <laughs> and people need to know this. I, I remember, gosh, it was like fucking 20 some years ago. Mm-hmm. We did this thing at the Truman Library where they had us come out and interview World War II veterans. They asked me to do that and I couldn't go. And I've been pissed off about that ever since. It I was wish I would have been there. really interesting. It's you're making a historical record and, we, you know, we're losing. People of Frank's age Easy. every day. Easy. We're losing TV anchors every Holy day. Shit, man! <laughs> and it's, Good God! No, so I mean, I I, hey, I was telling Frank before. How did Frank before he's on the slab? How did he, does he just? No, but he's basically he, saying we wanted to interview you before you're in the ground. No, what the no, fuck? No, I was telling I was telling Frank. You know, my dad is is about to be 81, and I've learned more about him the last few years talking to him about other shit besides just what's going on today right. about his history in his life and i think you've done that a lot in your life but you've learned from your dad things that you didn't maybe know on he's this podcast told me things that he's never, never told, told me you before. before so yeah uh, you know so i think it's important and like listen you're not my dad okay right but but he could be we need to investigate that's right 23 and me, i don't know <laughs> but like you know this he's a, a mentor of mine and so i think it's fun to talk about these things and we've had lots of crazy good conversations over the years but we haven't done it 
it's just us talking like this. It, this yeah. is, now it's 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 recorded. Is it fair to say when you were a young journalist in television <laughs> that you nursed at his teat? Yes. In this business. Yes. And I he nursed learn. you, and you grew from he grew me the nourishment he, that he offered then he you. Put me out like a little fawn <laughs> on right. the wobbling legs, staggering around right. on his legs. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I've seen him do that a couple of times. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so so where we left off is you are uh, you're making the move. To Green Bay, Wisconsin, in right. 1980, and so take right. us back to, okay. to rem- remind us where you were, and then how you end up uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Please. I, I think we talked about this a little bit. Okay, so I leave Eureka. The guy from Green Bay had gotten a job in Orlando, Florida. By the way, his name was Glenn Deemer. I Got had it. to look it up later because I'd forgotten all about it. He left. He was going to be the sports director in Orlando. He, he spent many, many years there. He was a very popular guy and did the whole thing. So the guy, the news director from the station in Orlando said, sorry, really liked your tape. This guy has more professional sports stuff on. You don't be in the Eureka. He said, so we're going to hire him. And I, I was really disappointed. I said, I know you're disappointed. He said, but there's a job in Green Bay. And I went, oh, so as soon as I hung up the phone with him, I called Green Bay. And I think I told this story. I called Green Bay, got a hold of the news director. And I said, uh, I want to apply for the vacant uh, sports job. We don't have a job. It it, it was a weekend job, okay? It was a weekend job. I wasn't a sports director. So uh, he goes, we we don't have a job. I said, yes, you do. (laughs) I I said, I just came in number two. For Glenn Deemer, who's going to Orlando, Florida. God damn it, Glenn's got, leaving. Yeah, that right. was it. And so, Glenn, get in here. And so I, uh, well, Glenn wasn't even back from Orlando <laughs> yet. Yeah. He wasn't even back yet. Oh, he was going to get a warm reception. Yeah, it was one of those deals where you always did on your days off. Sure. Mm-hmm. Every two day, days off on road, if you're going to go interview, you got to go then. So um, they, he, he took my tape. I never, sight unseen, they didn't have me in for an interview or anything, didn't fly me into Green Bay or anything else, probably because of the weather, it was right at the end, uh, beginning of December. And so uh, he said, um, he said, yes, he said, you start on January 1st. Mm. And I went, okay. All right. So I got U-Haul, and now I have, I have a six-week-old baby in Garrett. This is G. Okay, this is G. Baby he was Jeej. born in, uh, at uh, in uh, Eureka. So, no wonder he's slow weird. He's California. California dude. Um, he's no more cow. <laughs> but so, you know, I moved to Green Bay. And right in the middle of winter, just brutal place. Just brutal place. I remember when Jan was coming through the airport, we're in, we uh, flew her into Milwaukee, had to go pick her up, right? And we get down to the baggage claim area, and you know how the doors go to the outside. My <laughs> car is, I have a news car outside running okay i mean it's 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 right outside the terminal door and it's you can see the smoke coming out of the exhaust pipe trying to keep i can warm. still see this and so here come the bags and saying she gets down and jen was californian you know from the beginning and um love at first sight in green bay she gets in there and she gets down there and it's cold in the baggage room right mm-hmm. but it's not not outside cold. cold. And she goes, oh, well, this isn't too bad. Somebody walks through the door. And the door <laughs> opens. And in, in comes the north wind. She goes, you're trying to kill me and my baby. You're trying to kill the baby, too. I said, oh, my God. So but how about you? Were you like, oh, shit. Well, no, well, me? yeah, it, it was. I knew it was going to be tough. So I think even as I got there, I just I didn't think I was going to stay there very long. And I didn't. 
okay, because I knew this was it was. I mean, that's a tough place. But you told okay, us you Green got Bay two winners in at least. That was smart. Uh, yeah, I was smart in January <laughs> and then to the next March of 1981 before I get here. Right, so I go up there and the main guy, our the station I worked for was a monster. I mean, they just the ratings were they doubled up everybody. Okay, it was WBAY TV. They've had they had this long time anchor team together. The anchor, the main anchor, last name was Ramsey. John Chandick was the weather guy, and Ken Lass was the sports guy. He was the sports director, and he was always angling to try to get a play-by-play job somewhere. We had the Green Bay Packers preseason games, so Ken would do the play-by-play. Only got to do one season, but Ken would do the play-by-play. Paul Horning was the analyst, okay, and I was on the sideline. And Max McGee did the radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have Paul Horning, Max McGee, drunk the day they played the Chiefs. And that <laughs> right. Max McGee is doing radio. So, um, but, but Ken Last was there. He was really well established. And I got in there, and we had those uh, consultants at that time, right? And these consultants work for various stations all over the country, and they're always looking for talent to go here, there, or wherever. So Ken Last was always trying to get out, always trying to get out. And the consultant didn't want to break up the anchor team. Right. Because. The, it was so good. Be, so I called Glenn Deemer, the guy who left on the phone. I said, what's going on up here with this deal? Because I'd been there maybe four or five months uh, getting these vibes from Lass and, you know, all this stuff. getting, it was, it was crazy. So I said, what, what the heck's going on up here? And he said, well, Lass wants out, but they don't want to break up the anchor team. So he said, when, whenever you're thinking about leaving, he said, get a hold of this consultant, and he'll massage the deal, and you'll probably get out before last does. And lo and behold, I'm, I'm looking to go, okay? I'm looking to find a new job somewhere. I want to get out of Green Bay because it's the coldest place on earth. And um, so I start – I go to the consultant. I say, hey, I can't stay here much longer. I said, I think My I was, California wife is going to kill me. going to kill me. So I said, we got anything going? So – about I was there for a I think I was there I was there for a total of fifteen months. Right. Was all but two, two of the two winters. And as we got into the second winter, which was like July tenth, okay, <laughs> uh we, we start moving. So I start the tapes. He says, Hey, I might have some things for you, boom, boom, boom. The whole deal. So what it comes down to is again, Ken Lass isn't getting out. Frank Bowl He's sudden, held hostage. He's there. held hostage By success. in this place, right? So Yes, because he was that good. He was, he, he was a damn good anchor, too. But all he wanted to do was play by play, mm-hmm. but he just couldn't get it done. He would eventually get that done, but he went to Alabama and ended up doing Alabama football. So oh, wow. he was uh, he did really well. So the deal was <clears throat> he gets and he comes back and says, I got, two, I got two offers for you. And he said, yeah, I want you to talk to both these stations, and then it's up to you, you know, what, what you want to do. And I said, okay. One was KSDK in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other one was WDAF TV in Kansas City. Oh boy. So uh, me, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know much about the Midwest except that picture I took. It's one flyover day, country, all through, this. right? So, so I'm figuring which one's the biggest market, and he says St. Louis is the biggest market. I said, okay, great, because my in my mind still I'm working my way. Now you can see I'm gone from California to or Washington to California to Green Bay. Now could be a Midwest job, and the next one would be. Pittsburgh. You're working your way back home. I'm trying to work my way back home, right? That was my initial thought. But you're looking at St. Louis. St. Louis is the bigger market, but didn't Kansas City have Dick Hammer? 
Is that uh, part Kansas of the city had Dick Hammer? And see, yeah. a lot of people were asking if he <laughs> they, would be a part of this they, episode. No, so. no, Dick Hammer is not any more parts of any more. Well, he's he, still he, living. He, here, I just, though? I just made him a part of it. Right. So. Yeah, but he, he was, was still here. But that, so that was Dick Hammer was no right. attraction to you. He was still here. No. Okay. All right, I'd well. already been to Kansas. City. All right. Can so, I ask right. you one I'm real quick, Green Bay thing? I don't want to get lost there. But did you meet Bob Harlan? When you were there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hold Did it. you meet little baby Kevin Harlan? Yeah, he wasn't a baby. He was in, the teenager? early in high school somewhere yeah. right there. I'll tell that story in one second. Okay, we'll, we'll go that story. So we go to Green – so I go to Green Bay, and it's a great opportunity because you got – you're in Green Bay, number one. You got the Packers, number two. Bart Starr was the head coach. He wasn't the quarterback, right. okay? Lynn Dickey was right. there. Paul, Paul Kaufman, Kaufman was there. Yeah. James Lofton was the wide receiver there, the whole deal, right? So this is this is good. You know, mm-hmm. you're thinking, this, this is good resume stuff. We'd go down to Milwaukee on the first series of every homestand, like the first series of every team, they first game of every series they played, right? And we'd go down when they were hosting whoever. And we'd get a bunch of stories and bring them back up. We wouldn't go down again until – the next series we get on the first game. But you're getting some good you're stuff. You're major league okay? stuff. Yeah, you're getting. And we had the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, we're doing interviews with those guys and all things. So it was good. This was a good It's a good job. That's a good job from there. The only problem is the weather is just awful. So we, we do all that. So we go to we go to summer camp. The first year we do we, we do preseason camp with the with the uh, with the uh, Packers. Packers and. Bart Starr's already been their coach for a couple of years, and it's not going well. All right. And so um, we're out there, and my photographer and I go over. This is my first deal into an NFL. This is my introduction to the NFL. It's the Green Bay Packers. So Bob Harlan was the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. That's Kevin Harlan's dad. And great guy, awesome guy, just a re- really a super guy. So I'm, I'm at camp one day, and – my photographer and I are walking around. We're, we're doing interviews. And this kid is trailing right behind me the whole time. He, he's just, he's like on my left shoulder. I'm, Yo, man, how you doing? Good. And then he's, he's picking up balls and throwing them and doing stuff and towels and doing all that are crap. Are you irritated by him? Do you no, like him? Well, he, no, you know, I wondered, what the hell is this? Yeah. So we're busy doing, doing our stuff. So we get done and we walk over to the sideline. And I'm standing there and he's out in the field now, this kid. And I went to my photo. I said, who the fuck, who is, the this fuck kid? is that kid? And he goes, oh, that's Bob Harlan's son, Kevin. I'm, oh, Kevin, can I do something what do you for you? Know? What do you want to yeah. know? Come on over here. So, and he would ask questions. I mean, you knew he was interested. Did he have that fucking voice? It. Even in the he, he had, he had hello, Frank, like I'm Kevin. Right, right. Yeah, just like he had it just like <laughs> Phil. Right. <laughs> 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 You look at him and go, oh, my God, where that kid So you knew, you knew something was happening. Well, I knew he was very interested, but I wasn't right. there long enough to do the deal. So. But you, I just wanted to, I, I thought you had met him. I yeah, I, that, that that's there. exactly. So now you're making your offer here. You got the Scales of Justice out St. Louis, Kansas. Okay, so I got the Scales of Justice. So I got St. Louis, Kansas City. So I interviewed both, sent tapes to both. They're both interested. So went to St. Louis, interviewed there uh, first. Uh I'm in there, and we do go through the whole interview. They're talking money, talking the whole thing. And the guy goes, <clears throat> here's the problem. And I said, well, he said, we're just bought by the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So we have to put a 90-day freeze on hiring anybody. But as soon as that 90 days is up, we'll, you are our, you're going to be our sports director here. And I went, okay, all right, sounds good to me. So I leave. 
And I'm thinking I'm going to St. Louis, but I've got an interview scheduled for Kansas City. And, and the, uh, the consultant goes, you got to go to KC. Okay, right. you got to go. you got to do this for me. Go to KC. They're paying for the whole thing. Don't worry about a thing. So I flew into KC. From St. Louis, or did you go back? No, 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 no. I went back. back this was like a couple, couple weekends later. Okay. So, so you land. Like, who's waiting for you? Take us through how they rolled you out the what? red carpet for no you. You know what? I have no idea how I got from the airport so, to the station. Okay, so you get there. You're at the station. Right. Mike was, McDonald was the news director okay. at mm-hmm. that time, and Earl Beale was the uh, he was yep. general manager. Right. Now, God rest his soul. Who, who so, are, like, who are the who are the big talents at the well, station at this point? Well, Cynthia Smith was there. Okay. Dan Henry was there. Okay. He said it would be like this. And uh, uh, who was the male? It wasn't. Was it Stacy Smith? I think it was Stacy Smith. Smith. Phil yeah. wasn't there yet. No, Phil was still. Uh, Phil came after Stacy. So it was St- Stacy Smith was there. So Cynthia and Stacy, no relation. Who was the Dan Henry? Uh, the sports uh, guy was Steve Oakley. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was the only one I really knew. There were a couple other guys that they had talked about. Oh, I'm sorry, Denny Treese. Denny Treese was uh, doing and, sports and, and, and Royals. Oh, wow. right. and, and Gordon Docking. Gordon Docking was also yeah. there. Okay, so those guys there, and Steve Oakley was the main guy, but he had left, so that position was open. Okay, the the main. So guy. this was to be the main. This supposed to be the main guy, but I'll get to okay, that story in a minute. Right. Okay, so the deal is, so I go to Mike McDonald, and he, they were great to me. They're in there out there, and. They did the whole thing, like I said, and then I said, well, here's the deal. I appreciate it, but I've got an offer from St. Louis. And McDonald went from what station? I said, KSDK. And he said, they were just bought, right? And I said, yeah, there's a 90-day freeze on hiring. But he said, as soon as you're, but as soon as the 90 days is up, you got the job. He said, you sure? And he just planted that seed. Fucking seed of doubt so, in your mind. It was so. That's very Mike McDonald. It was so subtle and so smart that I didn't pick up on it until about five years later, right? So you go but burn the was, hand. So he goes. Two in a bush. He goes, you know, whatever. But looking back, was there something to that? Was it, Would you have. Yes. No, okay. no, no. I, right. Now I've got responsibility. If, if it was me. If it was just me, I wouldn't marry you, didn't have a little kid. I would have waited. But, I mean, days. was he just bluffing, or was there? do you think there was a chance you really would not have gotten that job? I don't know. Who did they hire? I, I don't know. Um, was that like Kusamano? You know, oddly enough, no, you're not no. going to believe this, Dick Hammer was hired for <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> for you know what? I, I don't remember who they ended up hiring. But uh, Mike Bush eventually went there from Channel 9, but and it wasn't him. And then he went to become an anchor. So but we're jumping way ahead of the story. But when you get here to Kansas City, who are the people, like who's at 9, who's at 5? The 41 doesn't exist. Okay, There's no well, news. Let me give you another story here before we sign the contract. Oh, okay. shit. We so the deal money, is. Money talks. So St. Louis. They put him all, up in a yurt, in right. a junkyard. I think, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> St. Louis offered me $21,000 KSDK. Uh, what, w- were you make, what were you making in Green Bay? That's the kicker of the story. Okay. So the deal is, so St. Louis offered me $21,000. Kansas City offered me $18,000. I'm leaving Green Bay. I'm making $23,000 oh, oh, as In Green the Bay. number two guy. But I was doing Northeastern Wisconsin Championship bowling. Bowling right. with bowl. Bowling, yeah, bowling with bowl, man. I did that every week of it. Bowling I, with bowl. I was doing, there was a lot of independent stuff. They gave me the bowling with the Northeastern Wisconsin Championship bowling deal. I did the preseason games with uh, with those guys. I did a hunting and fishing series oh, with Jesus some outdoors. Did, did, did you get extra, you get extra, extra money for that? Money okay. for those right. things. How did right. you pull that off anything about hunting? You never. I didn't know a thing. Only thing you ever hunted. I'll tell you the only thing you ever hunted. Here's 
Here's the best part. I was a dead shot then. Um, the, uh, <laughs> say, you, you, you know, you know, you say this fucking word every podcast, so just get it off your chest. What word? You know what you, you know. What I'm you not going to say that because that's what no. you do. I'm not. Now you're getting me I've all had, hot No, here. people have asked like, why does he like to say I'm that? Starting that's to his sweat word. too. Let's yeah. knock it off. So I'm making twenty three thousand. These two are both offering me less, less than I'm Green Bay. To come to a and, bigger market, and, though. A bigger market and, you know, to have a bigger job. It's six degrees and, warmer, and though. I'm, Jan's like, take the job. Yeah, right. So I go back to, on, on my way back to Green Bay, I really didn't discuss a whole lot of things with Jan. Not, no, no, because just because I thought, this is your part of the fan. This is right. your deal. you got to keep them safe. Breadwinner. You know, breadwinner, keep the, the, my old school from my father, you know, you keep the roof over their head, keep meals on the table, get them to go to school, do, do all that sort of thing. So I go back and on my way back, I, I, that seed was planted in there. And when I go back to Green Bay, I called St. Louis and said, I'm not taking a job. I don't want to wait. And um, I called uh, Mike McDonald and said, I, you know, I'll take the job here in in KC. And then you, would you ask me? As, okay. Who else was here? Like, oh, who, okay, yeah, right. So who is at 9 so and 5? I get down here. Just take us back in time. Okay. Channel 41 is not, not affiliated. It's, it's just only like, three stations. Yeah. Four, five, nine. Because right. Fox doesn't exist as a network. Does not, not exist yet. Right? NBC, ABC. So I came in and um, Jack Harry, Don Fortune. They were at and, 5. And Gene Fox. They were all at 5. They were all at Channel 5. Len Dawson. Damn. Len Dawson and I forget who the weekend. A couple years later, Karen will come at eighty three. Right. She's been here for a long, long time. Right. But, um, but Mike Bush was there and he had left, or no? No, 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 but no. But Craig no. Sager was already gone from nine. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Sager was gone. But Len Dawson was the main guy at nine. For yeah, he just so came in, do his thing, and you know, go home. He he didn't. You know, he wasn't out in the field doing a whole lot of stuff. He's Len Dawson. Hey, that's fucking Super bullshit, Bowl Frank. He's in I there mean, pounding scripts out. <laughs> I love you. You know better. Yeah. So, so, so the guys were, I, I wrote some of these down. Um, Dave Stewart wasn't there yet. So the, the, there are a bunch of guys that are coming through here now that, yeah, nine had them, five had the other guys. And, and you, I, you were I Jordan come into Channel 4. Denny. Okay. Denny Treese is already there, and so is Gordon Docking. And Denny's I'm doing the Royals games, right? We had Royals baseball, yeah. and that's all Denny wanted to do. He really didn't want to be on the air. He mm-hmm. really didn't want to anchor, didn't want to do stories. But he had to in order to do the Royals games. Yeah, he, had he to be would do, like, staff. Big 8 basketball. He'd do a bunch he of stuff. In basketball, even. He yeah. did all kinds so of you, stuff. So you come here to be so the number I, one guy. I come here to be the main anchor. How was that received by as, the other two? Not as sports director. Right. Okay, here's the problem. When Steve Oakley left, he didn't leave on very good terms. He took off and went with his brother-in-law down to Texas in the oil business. But he left behind a few things. We, um, So he, I think the thing that really, the straw that broke the camel's back was Steve. It was either a miscommunication, misscheduling situation or whatever. But he ended up asking for a one-on-one interview with Tom Watson. Right, mm-hmm. and he's going through Chuck Rubin, who is his, not just his brother-in-law, but he's also his agent, his publicist yeah. agent. Right, yeah. and so um, they set it all up or whatever, and Channel Four never showed. Oh shit! So I, I don't know this. Okay, I don't know anything, and I'm not even told this for a while. Okay, so I get there, you're going to anchor, you know, the early news and and the late news, but Mike McDonald said I'm going to be the sports director. Too. I'm going to be news director. So I'm going to take care of everything. Mike McDonald's going to be the sports. That doesn't Mike, seem like a good idea Mike, to me. Mike McDonald is going to be the sports director. So I'm thinking uh, the last time I was sports director, I was in Eureka. 
Okay, so just me. It was a one-man show then. I was out shooting my own stuff and the whole thing way back. It was a one-man band way, MMJ way back then. before it was MMJ. Jeez, yeah. I was shooting, I was shooting 16 millimeter film, for God's sake, and splicing that crap. He's in the lab. Um, I was in the lab, hot splicing. Uh, yeah. And um, so uh, Mike goes, I'm, I'm going to take care of everything. I said, okay. So somebody would have to be in the 9 o'clock meeting in the morning, which I didn't have to be, but I always had to be there for the one thirty or 2 o'clock mm-hmm. meeting. And I'd go in, and I'd, I'd, I'd go to him. I'd go, okay, what do you got? And I knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah, he's like, because I don't have now time he's for going, all this shit. You bring the ideas and stuff. I said, Mike, you're the sports director. If I bring the ideas and you start Frank shooting comes here with an attitude. I'm, I'm going. I'm day going, one. It's not, not making any sense. Now, Gordon and Gordon would have loved to have had the, the sports director's job, but he wasn't very old. He was pretty new out of school, too, I think. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wasn't very old at that time. And uh, Denny didn't want it. He, he didn't want any parts of it. So, so, I go, so three months go by, and this ain't working. You know, it just it just isn't working. Right. So I went up to Mike's office and I said, look, I said, I know I know I'm new here, but I said, you've hired me to be your main sports guy. He said, I want to be the sports director. I said, then you have somebody hanging on if we screw it up. OK, instead of hanging on you, you're sitting here trying to juggle the news stories and doing all this other stuff. And then you got to sit down there and figure out what's going on in sports. I said, it's ridiculous. I said, I got a three year contract. Two and a half years from now, we'll talk. We'll see if it's working or not. But just let me do what I think I can do best with the guys I got back there. And he said, okay, it's yours. That, that's when you got the, you know, that's when the other two guys are going, eh, why, why didn't I go talk to them? Yeah, right. <laughs> so you went out and got it. Okay. I, so, I went so. out and, t- and talked to him. I just said, if you want me to be your main anchor, it's the only way to do it. So he made me sports director three months in. Okay, so, so pause right here and, and describe – the sports landscape in Kansas City at that time. So this is 1981. The 1981, right? right. So it's clearly, about the this, this is a Royals town. Royals this town. is George, George Brett, the king town. of Kansas City. George Brett's hit ni- 390 in 1980. Right. The Royals were in the World Series. The Kansas City Kings are still here. Mm-hmm. Kings are still here. I'll, I'll tell you that story. Uh, you, got, too. you got the Chiefs. Right. And Tom so, Watson is huge. And Tom Watson Tom is Watson. in the height of his career. So it's just, just w- Two, tell, one year later, he's going to win the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Like, say, like, so for a sports director at that time, oh. like, what, what, what is, what are the priorities? What's your well, list of, like, what you cover, what the list of importance? Well, we were the Royal Station. Okay. So, which was great. Okay. Because I had all kinds of access to the Royals and they were king. And what town. did that mean? 30 games on the air? Yeah, just about that. Like that. that was It wasn't very many, right? But it was something. And That's then, all there was on TV. And then TV. you got playoffs. You actually ended up getting some playoff games, oh, too, no I shit. think, uh, in wow. that contract. Like, wow. game one of some of those series. Because remember, it was there was only... How many teams are in the playoffs? Just two, right? Yeah. The American well, National. In 80, right. there was the, the weird little division series. Well, yeah, that was division series. Or 81. Well, 81, 81, 81, yes. yeah. But, but so they, they were kings. You could do Royals every day. Oh, you had to do Royals every day mm-hmm. then, right there. And then when the offseason, anybody lived here, you had to go find, do more Royals. Right. And then, you know, the whole thing. Go to was, someone's was house, sit down yeah, and talk. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, yeah, they, they were definitely king. But I'm here. I, get, I'm, I start on April Fool's Day, 1981, April 1st. Two days later, I'm in Houston, Texas. We got the Kings against the Houston oh, the Rockets. Oh, yeah. wow. Dell Harris. Cotton Fitzsimmons. Cotton, Del yeah. Harris is a Houston coach, and, and Cotton Fitzsimmons is a Kings coach. I'm down there covering the Western Conference. You don't semifinal. know any of these fucking. And, and, and who were the, I don't who know. Who were the stars of the oh, Kings? It was, it was Grunfeld, uh, uh, Merriweather, uh, 
Josie was here. Uh, Scotty Wedman was here. Otis the, Birdsong oh, yet? Er, uh, no. I think Otis was the next year. Maybe the next year. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm down in Houston covering. I'm going, good Lord, this is I'm in, this is great, right? man. It's the best thing ever. Quick story about going to Houston, right? So J.W. Edwards is with me, mm-hmm. and we go and we did many a road trip together. He's with me, and we go – down there, and you know, you have a per diem. And I'm from Green Bay. I'm just down from Green Bay, and they hardly gave us anything. I mean, we're eating that, you know. They dry, give you cheese curds for, yeah, for the road. Yeah, cheese curds. Mm-hmm. So the deal is, we get down to Houston, and we're covering, and we get done covering ourselves. We get done with our live, our, I don't even know if we did a live shot. Do I didn't do a live shot. We just sent the packages back, and we're covering all the stuff. So we go, now we're looking for a place to eat. So I, so we're driving us. I, I, I hey, hey, uh, JW, there's a McDonald's. He looked at me like I was from outer space. <laughs> he said, Fuck this thing, Green Bay. McDonald's. He said, "Are you serious?" And I said, "Yeah." You want to get something? He said, "No, no, 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 no. You're gonna learn real quick. Here's how we do it. So, so, <laughs> so we go in. We go into a seafood restaurant in Delicious, Houston, Texas, right? of all places, right? And we're getting the oysters and the clams and lobster tail and the steaks. And I'm sweating because I'm going, "Oh, who's paying for all this? Don't worry about it." He called the waiter over and he goes, "Give us our check." And by the way. Can you give me your your uh, your pad at the bottom? Yeah, the all, all the all Water the tags pad. that nobody took from the bottom right. that, are, that are blank. Right. Oh, he said, yeah, sure. So he just rip them off. They do it for all the businessmen and stuff. So you would just take these back, and of course you learn not to do it in sequence. Okay, because sure. You know, so you need it five trips from now. You get out of sequence. Damn. So I learned really quick how to do per diems. I learned this from him right. in 1993. He <laughs> passed it down. Really, how to really do how to do per diems? You know, you grab the checkbook that they bring. Remember the old paper checkbooks? Sure. They'd bring and they'd rip off yours. And then, hey, can I have the rest? We'll give you a nice tip. Just give me the rest of that book. And they'd give you the book. And in Frank's right hand drawer, he had a stack of those little fucking <laughs> bottoms of receipts with a rubber band around them. Oh yeah, Hell no, yeah. never any pushback. Just never turn them in, any pushback. You never pushed it. Never. You just did what you're supposed right. to do. Just do what you're supposed to do. Spend your per diem right up to your per diem, and then just go happily ever after. So I went, oh, this is good. I like this. This is better than fucking McDonald's. <laughs> so <laughs> so so tell me uh, tell me a story about covering George Brett and the Royals from this era. Well, George was king, uh, not only in Kansas City, but he was king of baseball for all practical purposes. Everybody loved George. That's why when he was elected to Hall of Fame, he was a fourth leading vote getter of all time when he was put into the Hall of Fame at that time. And he, you go in there, he's, he's the, a, the reigning MVP. He, he's he just he hit 390. This is it. He's the, he, he's the man. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Now, you've been uh, like friendly with him. How long did it take to kind of break that ice and— who the fuck's this guy? You know, yeah, no, exactly. Well, how, he asked, how long is that? Yeah, yeah, like how was he? Uh, oh, to me, he was. You know, I'd be in. It wouldn't be a whole lot of one on one. It was a lot of like the scrums you see now. You know, people George would be George would be is that there. Good Frank is. He says scrums now. Right. Scrums. Say what they used to call scrums, those. What yeah. do they used to call? Gang bangs. Thank you. Okay, we're in the gang bangs. <laughs> For the purposes yeah, with everybody of this podcast, could you right. please use that? Right. Okay, Thank it was you. gang bangs. Right. And everybody was around with a microphone stuck in his face and the whole deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of times when I first went out there, and this just didn't happen with George, but it was with Willie Wilson and Frank White and that that whole crew of players that when I was done interviewing, I was done interviewing. I, I don't know, you probably haven't been around me a whole lot in, in interview situations, but the deal is when I get my, if somebody asks the question that I'm thinking about, I just, I let it, I don't think it's important to th- try to think something up like, like you guys were talking about the other day and 
on your show. Uh, what kind of steak would you be if you were <laughs> you know, I never got any stuff. When I was done, I was done. Yeah. If I didn't get my question answered, I'd wait and then I'd ask the question and I'd go. Or I'd get it in early and then I'd pull out of the scrum and I'd go get some. Pull out of the gangbang, you said. I'm sorry, right. pull out of the gangbang. Thank you. I'd stop gangbanging, and I would go the, the other way, right? I'd go find somebody else to interview. And I, I'd always done that, and I don't know why. I just, nobody ever told me whatever. But the deal was, there were a lot of times I'd be out there, and there'd be a batting practice or whatever, you know, and everybody's always got their microphone, and they're waiting for the little, And I'd just, I'd let JW or Fritz or any of those guys go and get some nats on or whatever. And then the players would be waiting for their turn. They'd just be staying around. And I'd just walk up and just start talking to them. Just talking, talking. I'd just, yeah. I'd just talk. Hey, man, right. how you doing? What's going on? I wouldn't have a microphone. You know, they'd look at me, and they could say, oh, there's no microphone. Yeah, how you doing? You know? But, and I think George caught on pretty quick. And then if George catches on, and I, I actually wrote, when I retired from TV, I actually wrote George and Tom Watson, both, a note thanking both of them for accepting me in here in Kansas City, which really catapulted my career here. In you Kansas were a made City. man once and those guys yeah. accepted the, you. Yeah, oh, you were, you were in. You right. had their blessing. You had every... Players on the team side, so you had a whole roster full of players that would talk to you. They'd, they'd talk to you on the side. When you didn't have your microphone, they could leak you some stuff, yeah. that, you know, that you would know. And then for some reason, I had a pretty good filter to know what I could talk about and what I couldn't. And I, I think they respected that as well. So it, it was, I mean, George was the guy, but it took him a while. I mean, it took, we're in, it's 1981 and they're going to start playing baseball and then they're going to go on strike. Right. And then they're going to be gone and for a while. They fired Jim Fry and that's when Dick Hauser gets hired that's, too. That's all of Dick, that. All that stuff happened through there. Right. And and your was, first six months was insane. It was crazy. It was and the Kings, are, they got knocked off by Right, but they're in the, the postseason. They're in the postseason, yeah. And the Royals are coming off a World Series that they lost. You haven't mentioned the Chiefs yet in this. I have The Chiefs? Well, they're going to go well, and strike the next year. Yeah, right, scabs. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. No, scabs? they didn't scab. They scabbed in 87. Yeah. 88, they just no. shortened the season. Shortened the season. But Can you imagine was, eight games the head NFL coach season? of the Chiefs when I got here Marv was, Levy? was Marv, Marv Levy. Right. And, and uh, he was running the eye. Remember, but his his teams were. I mean, they weren't bad. They, they were weren't, just kind of okay. They were just sort of five hundred, and he and was just getting his, his. Joe Delaney was drafted in eighty one, so you, yes. you got here at the same. I don't want to. At some point, I want to get to that. Yeah, right. But so so George Brett was was good to cover. Right. Can you, can, can you give me someone who was who was not enjoyable to cover? And I don't care what team or what athlete. When you look back at that time when you got here. That maybe busted your balls, or you're like, you know what, fuck, fuck that you guy. You know what? I can't. I really can't remember anybody being a real shit. Can you remember for him? I, I not I, in. I, I, I mean, not, I was a kid in the. 80s. They, they were. I mean, they were. Well, a, when we get to something. Oh yeah, right. when we get to right. later. Right. Yeah, Tell me this though. I, I mean, think some of the stuff's going to happen when Avron Fogelman gets on. They start talking about those contracts. Right. But that's you, when. That's when stuff starts. And contracts. the reason I'm the reason I'm asking is because you're talking about how those two superstars, George Britton, Tom Watson, accepted you, made it easy for you. I was just wondering. Well, because if there was anyone they're very. That, they're very you know, confident right. in themselves. Guys that are very confident in themselves, you can tell that they're not worried about, about what you. anyone thinks. They're, yeah, they're not worried they're, about they're, what question. Right. You know, they're just going to you know, answer your question, and they're just going to go for that because they're supremely confident individuals. I think this is something. When we started this radio station years ago that we thought wasn't actually covered enough because there wasn't time to do it, it was college athletics. Where was college athletics here in 1981, 82? 
Did you guys go to Allen Fieldhouse? Oh, that's a great question. Did you go? I mean, Missouri was great. They were in the midst of winning four straight Big 12s yeah. or Big 8s and all that stuff. It didn't even really rank, though, right? No, it, it didn't then because everything else was rolling so big. But we did go. We'd go for big games. Mm-hmm. We'd go for, you know, if you're going on a weekend, uh, you, you know, you, you definitely get down there. Somebody get down there and, and try to cover that team. Donnie Proctor was always going. Of course, I don't forget when he, Donnie he got there. He came in a little later in the he, 80s. But yeah. I mean, you didn't go to Manhattan for a football game. No. I mean, because they were the dregs were, of the and world. And Kansas was awful in football yeah. as well. So. It's just interesting how that has kind of evolved over the years. Um, how they did, where, where did high school here, sports here's rank on television stuff here's the best. in the 80s? Okay, so I get here. And the first summer camp for the Chiefs, we're up at William Jewell now. That hellhole. God, it was hot up there during the summer camps. They had them back over the backside of the stadium. Not right. the there was no wind. No, it was, I mean, Terrible. it was brutal. Okay, so I get up there the first time, and I'd met a few guys, but I hadn't, you know, I met them at the ballpark and stuff. I'd met, you know, Jack Harry and all those guys, and we'd get together and stuff. Well, I'm up there, and now we're getting towards football season. And I'm talking to Jack. I'm talking to Jack on the sidelines. Just Jack and I were just standing there talking, and he started asking me questions. We're, you know how those stand arounds are. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got all practice. So Jack and I were just talking. You're married. You got kids. You boom. What's the deal? How you doing? You know. And so he said, "Do you play golf?" I said, "Yeah, good. We'll go out and play golf or whatever." We were rivals, big time. But when we weren't doing TV, we were. We were friends. You got along. And we weren't giving any secrets out to each other talking about. But here's the deal. So Jack, that first time I meet him, he remembers this too. He said, he said, boys, he said, you remember the time we met up at William Jewell? I said, yeah. He said, you remember what we're talking about? I said, yeah, high school football. He said, yeah, still hate you for that. (laughs) Here's the deal. So I come from Green Bay. And football's king. Right. Packers are king. Uh, uh, And, you know, University of Wisconsin's king. And, um, High school football is king up in Green Bay. And I'm from Western Pennsylvania, where high school is big king. Big deal. Right? Central big fucking deal. Catholic state champs. Right, baby. Come on. So uh, so deal is, I've got. I already told Mike McDonald, I had a plan laid out and everything else for Friday night high school football. And Jack goes, you know, we don't cover high school football. This is big. That's pro sports stuff. He said, <laughs> we don't cover. We don't get into that stuff. We cover the pros. We we don't get into that stuff. I know you came out from Green Bay, but he said, you know, we we don't get into that stuff here. And I'm sure you won't get into that either. He was going, basically telling you, don't going, fucking you do this. Jack don't do this. Fucking do this. Right? Because he knows. He knows. And now they want. So the deal is, I go, Mike, we're going to do high school football. We'll send maybe one or two cameras out, whatever. And then it morphs into Huge stuff. So Prep game. we start doing it that first Friday. Next time I see Jack, I'm at a cheese game. He goes, some bitch. <laughs> Damn you. Told you not to do that. Now I, now I got to do it every Friday night. <laughs> he's, he's yelling at me and stuff. That's a terrible Jack impression, by the way. But I like it. But, but the deal was, so, so now we start covering high school football. And I remember, I think I have to go back and look at this because it's just coming to my right now. Um, Tony Severino was the head coach at Shawnee Mission Northwest Something like that, at yeah, that time. There, yeah. And he ended up winning the state championship, I think, that year. This is before he goes to Rockers. Right, yeah. And I th- he wins the state championship. And the state championship game was like played here really? in town. I think it was at Shawnee Mission North Field. Wow. At least that or a playoff or whatever. Something. But, but that's where I met Tony. He's from Cleveland originally. Mm-hmm. I'm from Pittsburgh. We were along great the whole whole time I was here with Tony. It was great. But so we start covering high school football. So then fortune's on. 
normally on Friday nights. They put Jack's out having to cover the high school game. Ruined his fucking Friday. Jack's on the road. Ruined his Friday night. So Fortune and I got together. I I saw him at Chiefs game and something we were talking about. Yeah, you know, those high school scores are really tough to get. In those days, they'd have to call into the station and leave the score. So, so... So Fortune goes, uh, you know, and he's tap dancing around. And I said, yeah, I'll call you on Friday nights. I'll give you what I got if you give me what you got. And so so Fortune, Fortune lit up. He said, man, that's a great idea. It's only high school football. You know, we're, we're really not, you know, it's not like a competition. Right. I said, right. So one night I call, guess who picks up the phone? Fucking Jack. Jack. Right. I go, Jack. Hello. He goes, what do you want, boys? <laughs> I said, well, listen, uh, Fortune and I, we usually swap scores. He goes, what? You do what? Swap scores. I ain't swapping those scores. Click. Jack hung up on me. Jack said, fuck you. He said, no way. We're swapping scores, man. There's oh, my no way. God. It was great. He never forgave me for the high school football. See, now, I've worked with this guy this time. I never heard that story. I love yeah. that That's story. why we're doing this shit. Yeah. yeah that was, so now that all, was the, all the Friday night football coverage for high school football. We started. We started. Frank Bull mm-hmm. yes, gave absolutely. birth to that. Yeah. So everyone out there covering football. Blame Frank. Right. Well, it's actually, great, though. It's, it's so much terrific. easier now because, I mean, the scores are just everywhere. Well, you I remember get all when the we video. started doing it, it now, like uh, when, when I worked down there and we started, the, the prep cam thing was awesome. That's where high school kids would come in and we would have them on the phones and the photographers would always give uh, a, a business card to, like, usually the chain gang. Because, yeah. you know, the, the chain gang couldn't leave. They had to be there right. to the game. Here's the other thing. So they would call in and they would give us the score of the game. And you always didn't want to give it to the home field AD. Because if their team lost, he ain't calling you. That's right. You know, he could call you on the phone. Yeah, you could almost game. guess. You're you know? unaffiliated. So somebody from Blue Springs doesn't call you. Go, oh, they got beat. Sounds like they lost. <laughs> okay, so, so and this might be difficult for you to answer. Just, I mean, you could pick an, an era or just for the entire time. If somebody were to ask you, you know, what were the two or three most memorable stories oh, that you covered – that that will that will never leave you. That if you were going to write a book, or if you're just going to tell people this, this is a representation of my career, or something that I will never forget, something that will stick with me. Maybe give me a couple of those stories that that still stick with you, that, that just God. stand out. Because like I think, like as, as, as a Kansas City sports fan, I think of like when Joe Delaney died. Well, here, right? okay, don't go any further. Okay, okay. So so deal is, I'm here, and I, I st- you know I still don't. Yeah, I don't know what people are thinking about me out there. I'm just working. I'm in the I'm in the the golden era of Kansas City professional sports and sports coverage for all practical purposes. We have everything. Mm-hmm. The only thing we don't have, the NHL team had left. Right. Okay. But the only thing we don't have is the NHL. We got everybody else here, and then slowly, you know, there go the Kings, and mm-hmm. you know, the Chiefs get better, the Royals get worse. You know, one of those things. But right now, it's like. Royals are coming off a world championship. Tom Watson's the height of his career. You know, the Kings are in the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. But the deal was, I I think when I really, two things, both tragic for me uh, and were really, really difficult to cover is I'm at the station. I'm at Channel 4. It's night side. Um, I never really left and went anywhere for dinner. Most I just stayed there. I'd eat what I did. It, I'm not trying to say I just worked 24 hours. I'm just saying I just never really left the station, whatever. And the front desk calls me and says, hey, Frank, you got a call from Louisiana. And I said, oh, okay. Um, so I, 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 you know, they put it back to my desk. And I pick up the phone and the guy says, hey, this is Sheriff from the, the parish. 
in Louisiana, and um, I, I got some bad news. And I said, well, he said, well, Joe Delaney? I said, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, he got hurt. What, what the hell to Joe Delaney? He said, uh, he's, he's dead. He died. He, he drowned. I went, mm. and I'm going, what? So wow. I had to get his, I had to get the number. I do. You have to double check this right. sort of thing. So I, you know, I got the parish guy's number, and I'm now I'm scrambling. I'm I go up to the newsroom. I said, "Look, here's the deal. I haven't confirmed it yet, but I'm going to here in one second. Joe Delaney died. I said, I need, I need video. We need to lead the. We we need to get on the air. We need to do something. He, he was AFC Rookie of the Year. He he made the Pro right. Bowl. He was drafted in eighty one. Right. He he was. This is this is eighty two. This is eighty two. Summer of eighty two. Right. right. No, he, he, he passed away June 24 years old. Okay. So I've been here for two years. Okay, so uh, this this sheriff calls me, and um, he didn't call anybody else. How, how did that? I, I don't know why. I, I have no idea why he called me. So now, you see, were, and I'm not thinking he's not calling anybody else. I didn't say don't call anybody. I would never do that. Yeah. You were the first uh, person. The only, I mean, they, he, they, yeah, we we had we had on the air before anybody else even had the deal. So the uh, so he he called. So I call back, and they pick up sheriff's department. So and so County, I said, let me talk to you know Sheriff So and So. He said, sure, boom. And so I talked to him. I said, listen, I just had. He said, I understand. He said, I understand. Said, no problem. It always happens to us all the time. I said, okay. So what happened? He said, well, he was at a uh, he was at uh, a big event, and there's an uh, there was like a you know a home. You build a foundation. There was a home. They're building a foundation for something, either a a, a house or a a uh, pavilion okay. that they were going to use in this area where they had all these people and rains like hell down there, as you know, and it was full of water and these kids go in, fall in, they're screwing around, fall in, jump in, whatever. And they can't get out. And Joe Delaney hears him. He runs in, jumps in, uh, gets one kid back to the shore. The other kid died. Right. And then Joe also died and uh, he drowned there because Joe did not know how to swim. He did right. not know how to swim, which we find out later that he had never learned. So he just went in there, tried to save these kids' lives. So, and so that was So what did you do with indelible. the Chiefs at that point? You call the Chiefs? Yeah. Did I, they know? No, they did not know. Holy shit. Yeah, I called uh, I called uh, Jack Stedman uh-huh. on the phone. And, of course, Jim Schaff was there as well. That's Stedman and Schaff. And that was part of the problem. And there. you had so to Jack, deliver the news to the Chiefs right, organization. I'll, oh, I'll tell you another story coming up here, too. Or delivered some bad news as well, but the uh, but delivered yeah that news to the Chiefs organization at that time that Joe Delaney. Did died. you guys go to Louisiana then? Yeah, we uh, yeah I went. I can remember I went and I can remember sitting next to Kent Pulliam mm-hmm. from yeah, the newspaper. The we sat yeah. there and they were in a little high school gym, no air conditioning, and I mean people are passing out left and right, and women and young his wife and everybody. He was the hero. He I mean they were pa- they were wailing and passing out in the aisles. I've never seen anything like the grief that was inside that tiny gymnasium down in Louisiana. It was it was hard. I'm crying. And I and I do have a memory, um, you know, because I, I would have been 10, 10 years old. I remember I'm, I'm, we're watching the news. And I don't know if it was, but, but I remember how it was it was it was going to a commercial break. And it was Kansas City loses a sports legend. It's something to that effect. And it went to commercial break. And then I remember my mom was on the couch. She goes, 
George Brett. And she and she puts her hand, you know, and it, but it, was, it goes to commercial, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. We come back. That's a tease. Right. But then, but then, terrible thing to tease. Right. Just right. That's that I remember how it was. <laughs> not, but, but I'll never, but I'll never forget. It was like <clears throat> those three minutes were forever because we're thinking, who, you know, who, who even it? even yeah. my dad was, who, you know, why didn't you just check Twitter? But you're always, <laughs> but but you're but you're conditioned to think at that point because it was a Royals town, yeah. Royals, legend, yeah. you know, yeah. you know that. and so then when they came back. And I remember it was Joe and how shocking it was because, mm-hmm. like you said, the Chiefs weren't the, the biggest team in town, but he – He was the star. He was the star. Well, he looked like he'd be bringing them back. He right. He rookie of the year. Right. Hell of an offensive was, player. They, they ran the ball at the time then. Do you remember did – you, did you break into programming? Did yeah, you, I'm how, pretty how, sure how did you deliver we, the news? I think we broke into programming almost right away. Uh, which was a foreboding. We had to call Mike McDonald, and he had to give us permission. Yeah, you know the deal. Fuck it wasn't just something you yeah. could go and do. You know, we're now they break into programming all the time, and just right. you know when something big happens. So. so, what was the other story? So the other story was, it's uh, January. Uh, we're in the playoffs now. We're in the NFL playoffs. You know what's coming? Uh, absolutely. So, um, Derek Thomas, a couple of his friends are trying to make a. Plain flight. Remember, Derek was notoriously late for everything he ever did. There's a slick coating of just real thin ice on the road, and he had the accident. Well, I'm sitting down at Channel 4, and uh, I get a phone call to my desk, and I pick up the phone, and I wish I could remember the guy's name. Um, guy calls me and said, hey, Frank. He said, my name is so-and-so. My wife is an emergency room nurse in North Kansas City. I was just waiting for her to get off work, and they just wheeled Derek Thomas past me in, in the hallway. And I went, what? He said, there's been an automobile accident, and he's hurt. Bad. Bad. Right. Badly. He said, they're wheeling him into the emergency room now. In fact, my wife, I was waiting for my wife, and she's not getting off work. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as we speak, she's going to be in this situation. So again, I'm going to call the hospital. They're not going to tell me anything. And so I'm thinking, man, he really sounds legit. I said, anyway, I talked to your wife just for her, just. And he went, yeah, let me see if I can, you know, whatever. So he grabbed. She comes on and she goes, uh, Frank, this is so and so. I'm RN at emergency room nurse at the North Kansas City Hospital. And he said, she said it's Derek Thomas. I said, and he said, I have no idea what. What is wrong with him? He's still alive. This He's was a alive. Sunday, correct? It's a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And we were Sunday. doing, this is when we were doing yeah. Kansas City's uh, Sports Machine, I think. Or we were doing the Sunday nights anyway. Right. So this, I was this in. Was there, this was uh, mid morning. Were, were they going to a, the game in They were going to try to catch Rams a game. flight right. to go watch playoff the Rams game. and, and so, Tampa. Yeah. So I called Carl Peterson on the phone. I said, Carl, it's Frank Bull. I said, Have you heard? And he goes, No. What's wrong? He said, Derek Thomas has been in an automobile accident. And uh, he's at North Kansas City Hospital. He's in the emergency room. And he went, you you sure? I said, yeah, Carl, I'm sure. I talked to the husband. Was waiting. I told him the story. But the wife is, was there. She and said it was him. He went, okay, Frank, thanks. And just It's pretty amazing. And, and I think we've all gone through this with what we do here. Um, you, you have thousands of producers working for you yes because it's funny that people will just call and want to tell you something you've gotten right. phone calls emails sure. texts. yeah same thing for all this stuff and i don't know why they do but there's something about i think i think there's something about the fact that you know this guy had probably watched you for years and trusted you yeah you know i don't know why you got the call from louisiana maybe i don't, I don't know. either who knows I, how you that know happened. what i still have no right idea. and you were the one and i remember you you know in in my in my career that that you know only started in uh in 98 you were part of one of the most 
memorable days, most horrible days I ever spent on the air. Uh, I was on the air with Whitlock, and we were at our old facility in Independence. Independence. Oh yeah, and, and then and then we nine eleven. We didn't have the monitors aren't something or whatever. You know, not everything worked. Yeah, well, everything worked right? kind of a TV. And so we were we were in studio, and then you fling the door open, and. Uh, and so you, we remember, you know, what time of day it was, because you, you, you were, you know, you were going to be on. Yeah, nine, next, we were right? going on nine o'clock. Right. Time. So this was in the eight o'clock hour. Whenever you fling the door open and said, "Hey, you bet, you better turn the news on," and you know, and, and you know what, like, what, what happened? He said a plane crashed into the World, Trade, World Center. Trade Center, and we're like, "What?" And then I remember, I remember someone said, "Yeah, they, they they think it was a cargo plane or something like yeah, that." No, they thought it was one right. of the sightseeing right, or whatever. Planes. Yeah, and so. Yeah. And so you, and then we turn everything on, and then the world changes right yeah, there. But right. you, I'll never forget that you yeah. came in there, flung the door open. I thought you were pissed off about something you know, that we had said. We <laughs> flung the door, you know, turn the TV on right now. And then I remember I had already been scheduled to leave early, and I was going down to the Channel 9 studios because I was going to be a guest on, remember Joel Nichols did a show called Afterwards, mm -hmm. and it would play late at night, and it was just like a sit-down, one-on-one interview, and I was going to be did on that show. that show? No. You had we, to go do it? I went, I went, and I remember driving down there, and I was scared to death because we, mm -hmm. no one knew what was going on. It didn't seem like you. But then I go into the TV studio, and then you're seeing... All of it. Oh, yeah, the stuff, yeah. you know, and then, but we go in and we do like a 45-minute interview while this is going on, because we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, and y'all never, and, and you were, that's, that's one of the most horrific days yeah. ever in, that I've had in, in my career. I remember you were the one that really came and told us first. Let me, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, Jeej was born out in California. Yeah. So you come here and so the rest of your kids were born here. What was it like? And, and you know, you, they're all St. Luke's hospital. So listen, this, this is just me talking and this has been a big effect on my life mm -hmm. from what Frank has done and what Frank did for us. You mentioned you didn't go out to dinner or anything like that, but when you do this business, the TV business especially, someone is there now till 11 because they do an extra fucking half an hour of news every night. Yeah, they do. Sorry to you people down there doing that. I'm asleep. But, <laughs> you know, so what Frank always did for all of us, when I worked there with, with Al and Kevin and, and Frank, you know, it's, it's, it's fucking Wednesday night. We got the shit pretty much put to bed. He's got to cut some Royals highlights. Go home. You know, be with your fucking family, do whatever, because the phone would ring a lot, and Frank would answer the phone. Sports is Frank. What? You know, because yeah. there was always some shit. Going <laughs> you were home. already pissed. Because oh, he had, at that, that point, <laughs> you know, there's five kids at home, and there's something going on, all that stuff. And I know, you know, you work really hard because you got to go watch Garrett play football games. We worked it to where you started all this Friday night shit, then you were off on Friday night. Yeah, it was off he's on Friday smart. night. He's smart. Right. I was doing Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, you planted like, that seed oh, and you yeah. let it grow. And like, you get up there, football. Blue Valley High. But it, it, it was hard. <laughs> To try to be a husband and father when you're working all that yeah, time. Yeah. And he tried Very to make difficult. sure that we, and now listen, I missed some stuff and I, I got out of the business before my son was born because I, I, I watched him not get to go to football practice or dance recital or something like that. And he was always told all of us, I'll fucking do this shit. You know, and now we were there. I mean, we weren't going job. home at 4.30. Because but, I'm the one who has to be on the air at 10 anyway, right. so why are you guys still here? But you always so. tried really hard. Do you have... Uh, any regrets the fact that you missed stuff was it hard or 
I mean, how do you how did you get through all that? Yeah, I, yeah, I do have regrets that I miss some stuff. I did try to sometimes, you know, when Rinkenbaugh was there. Yeah, as, as our, John Rinkenbaugh, I loved John. He was just great. He he was a guy. I'd go out and do a live shot at you know, six or five and six at the Royals. This is the kind of guy John was. And he's the producer for the whole newscast. And he's editing and doing all kinds of stuff for the whole newscast, new stuff. And I'd go out there at five, six, and I'd go, hey, hey, John, I'm going to – he goes, no, 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 just stay. Just stay out there. Don't worry about it. See if it ends. Get some post game. If not, get on the dugout, do a live shot, you know, do the whole thing. And, and I'll send you what else I have, and you can – and I'm scribbling on a piece of, you know, yeah, paper like this. Okay, I'm I got a legal pad. I'm just so at nine thirty. Called John back. I said, or yeah, I'd call him during the game. Say, hey, get that. There's a big play. George hit a home run, or George made a great play at third, or Willie Wilson ran one down in left center, or whatever. You know, put these on in this order. And John always knew it was a ten second deal. I knew ten seconds. I knew when the change, you could hear the sound change from the, and then go, and then build back up. You, you knew you're uh, like on, on your next highlight. John knew me really well. So he would do all that. He would, he would send me out there and just leave me out there and just say, rolls are big and we got to keep doing this. I said, okay, fine. So I would do that. But that was great. But what John would do sometimes for me too, I'd go back and say, hey, my kid's got a track meet or my kid's got a, you know, my girl's got to be gone for an hour. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to leave after the six. I'll be back by eight. And I just want to go out and say, I might not see the whole thing, but I tried to see most of the stuff. And I got to see the Friday night stuff, both Garrett and uh, and Grant play uh, high school football. Uh, I got to see the girls do a lot, a lot of their stuff, but I did miss a lot. My deal was I picked my job. Right. Okay. And I knew if you're going to do this job, there are certain sacrifices in any job almost that sure. you would pick to do. Okay. These are my sacrifices. Like you don't go home right after work, uh, Stephen. You you go now. I'll be eleven to one at such and such place, and not five to seven. I'll be at another such and such place for the advertisers and doing all the remotes and all that stuff. You you don't. You know, but um, you just find a way to work it. But out. you just find a way to work it out. And Jan, God bless her, she was wonderful mom to those kids. Uh, they, she still, she's still nannying the grandkids. She still takes care of all my kids' grandkids. Pop pops there too. Yeah, pop oh, pop pop does. Yeah, but not there, like pop. not not like she does. So. She's she's been very. But what I and I've told you this good. before, and I'll say it right here for of her historical record. I appreciate the fact that you did that for us, and you know that actually gave me the clarity to be like, I don't know if this is for me to do that. And then, so I had a, I had a real job for like a year and a half. And then I got sucked Wait, back into this. You, now, you remember where you got you that do? job? Because of him. What did you do? <laughs> I worked at a, uh, an association management firm. That was a truck parts. Just, yes. It was an association management firm. And this, I'll tell this what quickly. What did you do? I sat and played solitaire at a computer most of the day okay. for about 50% more money than I made at Channel 4. But what, what happened TV was... TV business pays really well. No, so this is, this is true, and I, I, I was telling an intern this the other day. The world is about who you know and what you do. So I was out trying to get a real job. I was, my, my wife was pregnant. I was, I, it was great. I was going home at 7.30 or 8, but I worked till Friday, Friday nights till 10.30, Saturday nights till 10.30, Sunday nights. So I, I was missing what I, I was, I hadn't missed stuff You're yet. You're missing I, weekends. I was going to miss things with my kids, right. right? So I'm trying to get a job. I'm applying for these jobs. This is before you could do it. There was no internet. And you would just send letters out. And, I, and this one fucking day, I, I, I didn't want to say I was looking for a job. So I, I'm changing out of my 
sports producer clothes in the fucking parking lot in my Ford Probe, sweating my nuts off, putting a fucking suit on to go have this job this interview. This fucking guy's putting a suit on in a Ford Probe, Kansas City. I had this a, is how bad he wanted out of TV. I had a, I had, it was a PR job at St. Luke's. So I go down there and I have the interview, and, I, and then I got to come back, and I fucking... Change the clothes again. It's, it's oh. July or something. You leave the air conditioner on yeah. at least. No, it was so I changed my clothes. I come back in and uh, and I told Frank. I said, dude, here's the deal, man. I I got to be honest with you. I'm looking for a regular job. He goes, fuck, man. I understand it, man. I totally understand. Anything I can do to help you, whatever. Fine. Literally, like two days later, it's a Friday. He's off, and he plays in a golf tournament on Monday. And he charity uh, golf tournament on Monday. He calls me and he says, uh, he says, write this number down, eight one six. Whatever. One, whatever it is. Call this guy. His name's Bud. He's got this company. They're looking for someone to work there. I call this number. I go have a job interview. I had a job within like three days. Because right. I just had to tell fucking Frank Bull I wanted to get <laughs> a job. I'm stuff. sitting there hiding around, mm-hmm. cha- uh, sweating like a like a, a whore in church. Naked in know. a fucking Ford Probe. <laughs> now, have you Ford thought Pro. about getting a Ford Probe again? Because I'd like to see you driving <laughs> oh one of those God. automobiles. Oh, my God. It was hard to do. But, so, Here's, uh, I, right. so, but, but he appreciated the work I'd done for, for, for them. And then he, he mm-hmm. helped me get right. a job. So then, like, uh, and then I got sucked back in because the job I have had here has been much more normal. Right. I'm yeah. generally home 6, 37. Nowadays, less than that. I mean, you work weekends. You do some stuff. But I, I couldn't you do, do the old – I couldn't do the TV thing. It wasn't going to work for me. Right. So, right. so let, let me make this but, the – But the deal was, real quick, the way I learned that was with Gordon Docking. Right. Gordon Docking was the guy – he was getting – he wanted my job. I love Gordon. He, yeah, right. He, he wasn't, but he wasn't going to, it didn't look like he was going to get it. Okay. So he started trying to get out at, you know, like six or whatever and wanting not to go do that live show. And I could feel something was going. I said, what's going on? He goes, he says, well, he said, I'm going to night school for my MBA. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to do that. I said, well, why don't you say something? Don't worry. I'll, I'll go do live show. Just. Go to your night school and go do it. And Gordon ended up. Look how successful right. he put. <laughs> he put the uh, St. Joe Medical Center together, yeah. the Medical Mall. Did the same thing in Blue Springs. Mm-hmm. He did both of them. Gordon Docking's the man. And he was. He just and his son Blake, of course, and he's so big and uh, you know uh, Down syndrome. Uh, all all the Down syndrome. Oh, absolutely, and that's and why stuff. I've had a chance yeah. to connect with him over the years. Right, yeah, exactly. And family. he he ended up being. But it's so funny because it's a communications business, and sometimes we're not communicating. Right. We don't well, communicate. You, know, you just got to do it. And, and so so since we're and, making this, uh, we uh, tried. We've tried right. to be that way here. Well, I've always tried to be that way no, but for everyone I, here. This is the let's kiss Frank's ass segment of the podcast, and so let me get to it. No, honestly, and so you know, and that that is. One of the the greatest things I can say about working at Union Broadcasting is because I've been allowed because when I got when I started here, Richie was just a little boy. Right. And I've been allowed to have my family around me all the time. But like early on, like not, not everyone's on board with that. And there's eye rolls sometimes and people get irritated by that. But early on, like you and, and I remember you used to tell me that, too. And, and, and you, you would say, you know, that, that, that you liked that or you respected that. I'd, you know, I'd bring Richie with me to a remote yeah, or I had my yeah. kids with me. And you'd always say something. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, kid. Don't fucking you know, don't forget that. Yeah. And I remember I don't know what it was. And there was uh, we were at your house for something. Uh, oh, it's probably party, one of the Christmas what, I don't know, whatever it was. <laughs> and there you had this picture. Hey. <laughs> you had these, these pictures on the wall. Of, of, you know, your family yeah. and your kids, right, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I've i gotten to know your kids over the years. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, half of them have worked here. Yeah, about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, but 
I one of the things I've always admired admired about you was your relationship with your kids and how close you are and you could see how much they love you and how much you love them and how you just come off as the cool dad and it's just you know it just and, and I always I, I wanted to be that and I would think that's how I want to be as my kids grow up and I, I want them to to look at me and respect me and treat me like like they treat Frank and Frank treats them and so that that I, I, and maybe you don't know that you've made an impact on me uh, the type of father you've been. Well, over the years you've been a wonderful seen. father with your kids. Both of you have, you know. But that's that. That is the important thing. And I do, I do have some guilt. So I'm Catholic, of course, and uh, I do have some guilt. Let's around confess that right after about, this, uh, Frank. Right Bless now. me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> Whoa. Go back to Pittsburgh. Okay, we're starting in Pittsburgh. <laughs> How long since your last confession? Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. I'm out of this fucking deal, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I went, I went, we went to Ash Wednesday the other night. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, go to, I go to communion and I think Julie goes, <laughs> Church? Don't you suppose? I go, <laughs> You want me here? Yeah. Go ahead. Go Father, ahead, give me general absence. Right. Okay, just a couple other stories here, uh, real quick, because I know we talked about those bummer stories about the Joe Delaney and Lift Eric us Thomas, up. of course. So, the Royals won the World Series. How about that? I will try. Yeah, that <laughs> that was fun. Jack, uh, Harry, and I were in the elevator, by the way, when they scored a winning run on the way down. On game six? Ja- Jack and Missed I. It. Yes, and we we're also in the elevator. Remember when the uh, Chiefs beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh? Bradshaw was still playing, and they, the special teams went crazy. Yeah, in 86. Right. Just before that's they fired Mackovic. That's when they made the playoffs right. under Mackovic. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 you missed that. Oh, Albert Lewis. Uh, wait a minute. I'll tell you that. Hang on a second. Oh, shit. Oh, that's the other one. Okay, so... Uh, Block and punch. So, yeah. So, we're on our way down that elevator as well when they block the last one and go in for the touchdown and score. So, Jack and I spent a lot of time in elevators. Elevator. For yeah. people that don't understand, you have to leave the press box Eight early. minutes early. Okay. Oh, the World Series even worse. Yeah, right. it was you terrible. fucking so in the tunnel. You had to get down there. But the deal was... So, just, just a couple of funny stories. So, Marty and Carl come to Kansas City. So, we have our late night show, and we're going to do a special. Oh, so, boy. they come in. Here comes Carl, Marty, and they're, they're the new kings in town. And, I mean, Chiefs fans are off the wall. This is the greatest thing ever. Got a legitimate head coach. Uh, we got a legitimate uh, um, uh, GM, at least they thought he was, coming from, well, he came from Philadelphia. He's legitimate. Yeah. No, no, USFL. Yeah, he was USFL, but he, he was out of the business. For right, a he was out a little business, right. and then he came back, but there was, you know, there was just something hey, about, you could tell. Before I forget, were you at Frank, uh, Nick Lowry's house when Frank Gans got fired? No, I was not. Okay, all right, go ahead. I, I actually liked were you Were you ever at Nick Lowry's house? No. Let me ask you that. Okay. When John McAvitt got fired. When John McAvitt, yeah, yeah, I actually liked, I liked John McAvitt. That made Ben laugh, by great. the way. So. Okay, so the deal is, so Carl Marty come, <laughs> and uh, we're in a studio, and we do our deal. Well, right after we have both Carl Marty on, we interview them both, I think, individually. Talk to Carl about what you're going to do, my woman, and then Marty going, hey, yeah, we're going to kick the door. We're going to get the playoffs. We're going to make it. You know, we almost made it in Cleveland. Didn't. So they get up to leave. The next guest we're going to have on after the break is um, – uh, Donovan, the guy from Cleveland, Ohio, Jim Donovan, okay. who ended up doing uh, play-by-play stuff on the network for the NFL, right? So um, <clears throat> he's going to be our next guest. And I tease it as they're walking away. And, it's, and then – Carl grabs Marty by the arm and says, let's watch this. Right? Okay. And I'm going, oh, oh shit. shit. We got a guy coming on from Cleveland. Okay. So Donovan comes on. And he was great. He said, hey, you love Marty. Good coach. Whatever. He's but, on a satellite p- hookup p- here, right? P- yeah, right. Yeah. Players you know, got a little bit upset because he really worked really hard during the play during the uh, the postseason. And, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, we got unlucky in one game, and then we got unlucky in another game, and we lost. And and I go, well, bottom line for Marty, what do you think? They're standing there. They go, 
It's going to win just enough to break your heart. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. And they both turned and walked out the door. Oh, How fucking prophetic was that? I just went, whoa. Win just enough to break your heart. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> it was is, really Is that wild. not the perfect way it to was describe the Marty years? Okay, yeah, that was just crazy. Uh, okay, the Albert Lewis story. Okay, they're playing the Jets in the playoffs. Albert intercepted the ball, ran back for a touchdown, right? They get beat by the Jets. Meanwhile, this is Makovic. He's got him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And ask Nick Lowry. Is going to, uh, you know, and just because just Frank Gans, you have some special teams plays, and you, you think this guy drilled the gunners when he wasn't yeah. even a pilot? No, when that even, came out did, later. That came out. I mean, you're just oh, going, no. who is. So they literally know. had a mutiny meeting. They had, yeah, but this is about Albert Lewis. This is post game. So we're going to do post game. So before the game, NBC comes to me and, and, and <laughs> goes, listen, here's the deal. You, who, whatever team wins, the game. Uh, what's his name? Is going to be in the locker room. Uh, uh, Marv Albert. No. Uh, Dockery. No. No. Come, dog, dog. Doesn't matter. Some guy. Okay. No. Big guy. Uh, does uh, the huge NBC little guy, short guy. Bob Costas. Bob Costas. <laughs> so I can remember <laughs> Bob Costas. But you're saying huge, short guy, little short guy. Short, little short guy. Like every guy. broadcaster's <laughs> short. So I'm like, uh, who are they? Huge John, name, John little Chomby. St. Louis hey, guy. John Chomby. It's the best description of Bob Costas I've ever heard. I'm almost 100 years old. Okay, let me break. So it's Bob, the little guy. He says, the team that wins, Bob Costas will be in their locker You get the losers. The loser will be the sports director from that particular station. So the Jets win. So Costas is going to be near the locker room. So he goes on first. And so I, I asked Albert, I said, hey Albert, listen, you know, you just come, can you be my guest for the sit you're no uh, problem at all. So <laughs> no, no. Albert and I 35 had, to whatever. We, we had a great, we had a great relationship too. So Costas is yinging and yanging and yakking over in the Jets locker room, does his thing. So they go 30 seconds. Albert leans down to me, okay, and he goes, hey man, I'm sorry. And I'm thinking, he's going he's gonna to walk off. He's going to walk off and leave me here on national TV. He goes, I'm sorry. I said, you know, my eyes get this big. Right. He goes, I go, what? He goes, I'm going to make you look so short on national television. (laughs) 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 And that broke the ice. He could probably tell my heart was here. My heart heart is going a thousand miles a minute. Give me the phone phone. book. It was great. He said, Costa's got to sit down. I got to stand up at Albert. Okay, what yeah. the hell's the deal here? Yeah, a little short guy. That, and then two other things, real quick. Oh no, you're fine. Okay, give, here's give the deal. I don't know how much time you we, you're There's good. No right? I ain't coming to the to internet. Good. Third, um, don't tell us you're not doing something. So now we go in uh, eight, uh, 1983. Okay. We Mike McDonald, uh, the U.S. Open Championship was in. Oakmont, at Oakmont in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. My, my old hometown, Home. right? Pittsburgh. So we go, um, he sends us out there. Tom Watson, of course, the defending champ. He won, won Pebble Beach. Pebble. Just won Pebble the year before, chipped it in on 17. Uh, the, one of the most top five greatest shots ever. Uh, so we go, and this is just from a... This is just from an overall thing. First time I'd ever been inside the ropes at a, at a pro tournament. I uh, had... At Arnie's place. At, 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 uh, no, no. This that, is not Arnie's he, place? He's from Latrobe. Okay. But he's, he was Latrobe country. He's from Pittsburgh. Right, he's from Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So um, so we're inside the ropes. We're covering them this day. And the uh, uh, Tommy, I, I can't tell you how um, 
accommodating he was. It was unbelievable for four days. Then they get Sunday. They're all within about three holes of finishing, and a thunderstorm comes ripping through there that just wiped everything out for the time. They just boom. So we go into the tent, the interview tent afterwards. Tommy must have spent 45, 50 minutes with the media inside that inside that tent, just talking. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the guys, after a while, everybody put their cameras down. Everybody stopped writing. He just started telling stories. He's just holding court. He's just holding court. And, I mean, he was in no hurry. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I said, you can still hear the thunder and lightning and the rain pond on everything. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I said, just sit here with you guys. That's awesome. Let's talk. And it was just, it was unbelievable. And then all of his children's Mercy Hospital golf classes. Right, those were, were always fun. Okay. Oh, I almost forgot. Now, that's going to add a story. That's okay, fine. So, Let's go. So, so, but Tommy was so accommodating, so good to me. He was just, like I said, I wrote both he and George Brett a letter when I was retired and said thanks. Which time you retired? The first, second, third time? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I still have one more. You got I still one more. I have one more to go. No, you're yeah, never getting out of here. I, I, no. I got to retire. No, no. So, um, CBD American Shaman says no. No, no All okay. Right, thank yeah. you. So, um, what, what story was I going to tell? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what story was I going to tell? Tom um, Watson. Yeah, right. Probe. Oh, all, all the children's, mercy, children's mercy. mercy. So I told you when I got here, okay, back in 1981, uh, that they had Channel 4, not telling me a thing about it, had stood up Tommy for an interview, whatever the circumstances right. were. Right. Tommy's people thought it was us, and we blamed, for some ungodly reason, Tommy's, Tommy's people. Okay, so they, were, they saw it so as a miscommunication. You don't want to slight. be on the wrong side. Not, on, not when he's, I mean, not on yeah. Tom Watson. Come on. So, so do us. So I go out to the first Children's Mercy Hospital golf class. I think I covered every one but the first one. So this is the second one. It's in that, it's just before the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. right? And so he does, or right after one of the other, it was just before. So he has all the guys out. You know, he's had every great golfer except for Tiger Woods, who wanted some ungodly appearance fee right. that you know they're doing something for charity and Fucking tom Woods and tom strays from and, frank bowl in in tom from I, and i like tiger woods but you know I, I loved him as a golfer i just thought he was incredible but the deal was tom's giving it this choice was a yeah. golf classic and then i'll go come to you jack mm-hmm. if you got a deal arnie you got a deal lee trevino gary player uh yeah. you know annika swanstam i mean every great golfer there, phil mickelson came through here that's another story. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah, get into yeah, that yeah. one. But, but the deal was, so I go out there the first time. And so I show up, and I'm thinking, what do I need here? I'm trying to con- – nobody will contact me from Watson's deal. So I'm going, what the hell is going on? So I just show up with my photographer. We go out there. And, you know, Channel 5 was holding court. Mm-hmm. Jack's holding court with these guys because they give him a check <laughs> at the end for the charity, right? So Jack's got this thing. Now, he right. knows has known Tom longer than me, obviously. So Jack has this thing down pretty pat, what he's going to do. And, and you already, you know, already fucked Jack show, with his high school football. On so. the noon show, right? right? He Oh, he's getting back at me now. <laughs> so on the noon show, he's got Tommy and whoever his, his – Golfing partners are right on the new they do a big round table and it's a big to do, right? I mean, that's awesome. I thought that's great. So, deal is, I go out and I go out to, to the pro and I say, Hey, listen, um, from Channel 4, and, I'm, and he's looking at me like, Who are we talking to here? Yeah, right. It was exactly <laughs> yeah. who are you? It was a Carl Pearson going, yeah. What? what? Yeah. Who is I this? said, Yeah, and my photographer was with me, I think it was Fritz. And uh, so, uh, I go, We want to cover the deal, and he goes, Uh, and you had to contact us months ago. I mean, I, right. I don't know. And I said, Well, I said, Really? Well, let me let me check. So, he goes and gets Chuck Rubin, mm-hmm. right? So, we're in a pro shop, and there's lots of people mingling around, right? And um, so Ruben 
walks in, he sees me, and he sees my photog. He really doesn't know me, right? Because he hasn't really watched much. <laughs> I haven't been here very long. Well, he's mad at Channel so, Four, and he's, he's mad at Channel Four. He sees the mic. He watches logo, Jack Harry. The deal. Oh, of course he does. So the deal is, uh, he goes, he looks around, sees a lot of people there, and says, uh, "Can you come here for me? You know, for a second? I said, "Sure." So we go outside. Chuck was a great guy. Mm-hmm. All right, he's a good guy, but uh, he he pulls me outside and he said, uh, "I hear you want to cover this tournament." And I said, yeah, of course. I said, yes, absolutely. He goes, that might be a problem today. Bullshit. And I said, what, what, what's the problem? He said, well, you don't know? I said, I, I don't know anything. I'm here from Green I, Bay. I, have no I don't idea. know. So now all of a sudden he softens a little yeah. bit. He said, you don't know about your station. They said, I'm, I replaced that guy. He's gone. And so I made it sound like. He got fired for stand up Tom yeah. Watson, which he didn't. Right. Okay, but I sort of make it fired. Yeah, he's playing the game. Yeah, I yeah. guess he was doing stuff like that. And he's going, I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm yeah. tap dancing. You know, I'm going, oh, I'll tell him anything he wants to hear. This is Tom Watson, right? So Chuck finally relents. He goes, I'll give you some passes. He said, um, but we won't let you, uh, we won't let you inside the ropes. Okay, where everybody else, you'll have to, you'll have to mingle in with the crowd. And uh, the deal is, uh, you you have to mingle in with the crowd, and just catch as catch can. Right. So we're we're out there. I mean, we're we, we got a dolly pulling our recorder. In those days, remember they yeah, had, had the, the big tape deck. <laughs> had the big tape deck. I'm pulling a tape deck. I got a microphone. I'm <laughs> doing doing this from 400 yards away. Humping along. You know, around, I'm going. And so we do about. I think we did the front nine, Shit. and then picked them up. On, a lot of walking we picked him up thing. on 17 and brought him home. This is the first time. I forget who the golfers were at that point, but we do all that. And then on the 18th green, everybody, the golfers, you get, they spread the golfers around to three stations. And you, just you, go get, you get the guys and they Bit all Bit of a gangbang, eh? So Tom yeah. comes, Tom comes last to Channel 4, right? He come, comes over to me and I, I not, I've not met him yet, right? So I go, hey. Hey, Tom, I'm Frank Bowl. I'm the new sports guy at, at Channel 4. And he goes, ah, well, that's good news. Uh, and then he goes, what do you want? No, I don't know. How was the day? And you know, right. all that stuff. I went, whoa. I went, geez, what was the I, I went back. I was hot. Right. I was really pissed Who off. Who sent me out there I went. I, I, I went to McDonald's. And they didn't hey, tell man, you about you it. An, you ambushed me with the deal. So, oh, I thought you knew. And I thought, I said, come on. Mm. Ooh. I said that that just ain't that ain't right. That just wasn't right. So, but that, you, you fixed it all up with Tom. You gotta fixed it up, Tom, and everything was great. Great we, after we that. Up doing, oh, it, I, so many I things. Absolutely years. terrific. I okay. went to that event one time with my grandpa because you know my grandpa Danny Ontiveros because he loved Lee Trevino. Oh, he, had, yeah. he, had, he had the book Super Mex, and he took it out there to get an autograph. Right, but there were so many people there that wasn't happening. And so, long story short, I got hit by a drive in the shin. By Lee Trevino, and I was <laughs> bruised was better uh, than that. But, but I, you know, I was, I'm getting tears in my head. My grandpa said, "Don't, don't cry, don't cry, me, don't cry." But then Lee Trevino starts walking over. Yeah, he knows it's to see ball. you know you know, and they're all hit him, and I'm, I'm just you know I'm a little boy, and he comes over, he goes, uh, you know, let me see that golf ball, and he, he signs it. And he gives it to me, right? And I'm, you know, I'm happy or whatever. And he goes, you, you, you okay? You know, you okay, son, or whatever. And then it goes on. My grandpa takes the fucking golf ball from me, puts it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I go, Grandpa, that's fine. He goes, you don't need that. I go, you don't know who Lee Trevino is. What the fuck? And so that's that's my, you know, I, I, hey, I, I, I gave it, I, I, uh, I gave blood and bruise for my grandfather. Yeah. You I did had a good that, thing uh, for him. Thank you. Okay, that's right. George Brett story. Yes. A little bit more levity here. Okay. So. 
So we're at his Hall of Fame induction. And before, the week before, I'd called him on the phone. I said, hey, listen, you're getting inducted. We're driving our live truck out there. Everybody was. But, you know, we're driving our live truck out there. The night of your induction, after your induction, whatever, can we do a live shot from wherever you're staying in uh, wherever Cooper's And that's a pretty big ask. Right. right? No, there's a big ask because you're thinking, you know, after he gets inducted and stuff, you know, he's going to go out and have a couple (laughs) (laughs) have a wine. Have a little wine. Okay, so so deal was, so so we're out there for his induction. Big rainstorm came through that day, uh, right after basically it was over. Uh, His speech was terrific or whatever, you know. And so we, um, so we get set, we do our early live shots. Then we go, I think Tommy C. Fuentes was that who was driving the truck. I was out of the biz by then. I was over here. I forget. Right. So deal was so we go to to where he's staying. Well, he's staying in somebody's house that's on top of a hill. Which for the satellite guys, that's great. Bonus problem is, it's just there's a canopy of trees that go over the driveway. You can drive your car or regular. But the satellite we have a truck satellite now. truck, oh, okay, boy. with the giant no dish shit. on top. No right? shit. So here they come. <laughs> so I go up there after I get done, and I'm in George and Leslie, and virtually everybody is at the dinner. There's hardly anybody there. And so here comes the live truck up the driveway, <laughs> and all you hear is. <laughs> you limbs breaking and stuff falling, and I'm going, oh, oh no. my god! So they get the light truck up, they get set up. I said, hey guys, let's let's police the driveway real quick, okay? Go we go down up. there. It looked like it was a tank barrier. Right. <laughs> I mean, there, was there was no cleaning there that up. Was no, right? Well, no, we we got it all. Right. all pull it, two, three guys pulled up. So we got the driveway clear, and I'm, I'm going, God, I hope the owner isn't anywhere around this place. We just ruined this canopy of trees. So we get up there, and we're doing a deal, and we do, we have a great live, we do a live hour program, 10 to 11 Kansas City, 11 to 12 Eastern time. Okay, we're in New York. Three bottles so, of wine. So, so we're out there. Eleven o'clock or ten o'clock, we go on. No George. Mm, not there no yet. Leslie. Right. His brothers are there. Uh, both Herc Robinson and uh, John Sheerholtz are there. Um, uh, you got some guests so, then. So, so we we have some peeps. So every time we go to commercial break, I I think I did the two GMs first. And then I start doing his brothers, and I got his brother John to get John crying's easy. You know, I just start talking about you mentioned us. John <laughs> crying his eyes out, and so you it, it was teasing this. It, Are it you teasing us? George Reds coming up. Some great job. Every break, hey Joe, don't forget we're gonna get George. Every time, my news director's in the office. He's there late on a Sunday night. He ain't happy about that. So every time he goes, "Where's George?" I said, "I don't know. He's not back up." He said, "Where's George?" I said, "I don't know." I got to go. I got to do the next segment. So then I did the brothers. We get to the bottom of the hour, right? He goes, where's George? And I said, ah, he isn't here yet. Um, and then all of a sudden you can hear, you can hear the cars come, you see people turning. And all of a sudden here comes, I said, and so I go to his brother, I said, ah, is that George? He goes, that's George. And then, and then John goes, Good luck. <laughs> I said, but I've already done the thing with George on his retirement. Right. Remember the deal I did yeah, the day he retired? Yeah, that was, it was that great. was and that's that was what awesome. We had to go. Okay, so no, here's the deal. Here comes George. All right, he comes up. That's right. I just jump subjects. We can go back to that in a minute. But the uh, so George comes up. Leslie's with him, and there's some other people who weren't really uh, so. 
here comes George, and George gets out of the car. Hey, <laughs> I'm just going, oh boy, there's a happy guy tonight. And and I go to myself. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Because I'd done this before with George when he retired. Mm-hmm. He came downstairs holding a Coors Light right, yep. and no shoes on Ooh. when we did that night. But the deal, so he comes up. And Leslie, I said, Leslie, she didn't want to do it, but she came up in the whole deal. So I'm standing on, on, on a little mound. We start doing the interview, and it's great. George is having a great time talking about memories and talking about the other guys who were in with you. Robin Yount went in Ryan. with him, and Nolan Ryan went in, and that was the last time he played Nolan Ryan down in Texas. You were there, too. They got together. I was there. But the deal was, so... Uh, we do our interview, and I'm standing on a little, on a little, but it's like a little slant like this, not in the real. So big. you don't look too short. George, George is no. <laughs> George is on the upside slant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so George is bigger, and that's me, and that's Leslie. So I'm I'm talking to George, talking to George, talking to George. Then I turn to Leslie, and she moves a little bit to the right, and I've got my arm around her waist because I'm trying to keep her close to me for the shot. Right. You know what I mean? She keeps drifting. From, You're not being so inappropriate. I'm not being inappropriate. I put my arm. I'm going to be in a second. I put my arm around her waist, and I'm I'm holding her. You know, so she'll stay in the shot. And so I'm at, so I turn to her, and she moves back a little, and she finds a little, and she steps up, and my hand. Grabs a little. Say it, it was right there on her bottom, right? <laughs> and, and and my and and, and the and the producer in there, I think it was uh, Schneff, <laughs> He yells, "Get your hand off Leslie's ass!" <laughs> <laughs> Did George see it? Oh, no. Hey, oh God, no. George didn't. Uh, George didn't. Then here's the best part. So then later we find out through the through the grapevine that Brian Bracco, I think, was at Channel Nine. Mm-hmm. I think he was the general manager, right? And as we're doing our live shot. Okay, it's 1030 back in Kansas City, right? When George finally shows up, I guess every other news director was praying because nobody else was there. Right. So everybody else was praying George wouldn't show. Yeah. You know, so, you'd be so all of a sudden George is there for the last half hour and just just telling stories the way he can. He's a great storyteller and doing just it was a great interview. We just had a great time. And uh, so Ryan Bracco called his crew. This is a story we heard now mm-hmm. calls the crew and he goes, um, do you guys uh, know where George Brett is right now? And they went, no, I think it, I think they were going out to dinner and they're doing stuff like that. They said, well, it's funny. I'm watching them on Channel 4 right now. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> I, went, oh, shit. I know where he is. He's I, on with fucking Frank, Frank Ball, Ball right oh, now. Oh, God. yeah. That was, uh, that was not a good let night. Me, let yeah, me real them. quick ask a question because another live thing that happened. And after this, ask the question you texted me last week to fucking ask him. Don't back down from that shit. So... <laughs> Hey, I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> a, a huge thing for sports radio, fifteen uh, ten, was the John Tate situation. Okay, yes, With Ethan Locke. Yes, and uh, we carried thirty minutes of his, his agent um, cussing out Carl Peterson. Carl Peterson, that was you know, great. and yes. cursing. And we just awesome. so happened awesome. to uh, plug in your camera just in time for him to cuss on Channel 4, too. <laughs> yeah, he did. He dropped the F-bomb right there. He dropped right the there. F-bomb on Channel right 4. On cha- I mean, right as Proctor just got in. Boom. I was Proctor, right? I plugged Proctor in because I had worked there. I'm holding my Nextel cell phone up. We have this live on 1510. Man, I was back in studio. And 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 so, like, Proctor comes up, and, and I'm like, they're going to go left. I said, fuck, I'm jamming the fucking thing in the back of his <laughs> hey. deal, and I'm holding the phone, and Whitlock's there, and, and Randy Kobitz was there. And so this is another thing. This is a very similar situation. So I don't know if you're on 
the television or not. I know you can be on the television, but it was just so happened to be like exactly 6.15 or something. Yeah, no, I, I was know. on it. I was sitting and on it, So it was live. He says, fuck. And then I think Proctor's like, I was like, whoa, what are you saying this shit? And so I knew he was saying, fuck. I, we've got a delay. I know our delay wasn't really working. I'm pretty sure Kevin's like, let him go, you know? Yeah, right. Let's play them all. Oh, yeah. And so during the middle of this thing, I see uh, William Jackson, I believe, from Channel 5 come running up in the middle of it. And I had heard that the story was similar to that. Um, because when when John Tate and Ethan Locke and his agent left Arrowhead in a huff, they, people were chasing. They went to the, the hotel. They, the they were ch- chasing to the car, and someone says, "Is it over?" And Ethan Locke goes, "Yeah, it's over." And they slam the door. So they thought, "Oh, it's done. It's over." Yeah. yeah. So I go chase him to the hotel because I know it ain't over because I was in the elevator with them, and their faces as red as Stephen's fucking shirt. They're fucking pissed. <laughs> and so I sit at the hotel for like. Two hours, three hours yeah. waiting for him to come downstairs. And so I guess at the same time that John Tate's agent is saying fuck on Fox 4 and Sports Radio 810, William Jackson is at Arrowhead going, yeah, it's, it's over. We're going to find the details out. And yeah, they get right. in there. Do you know what the fuck is going on? <laughs> They're on live on Fox 4 right now doing this shit. So those things, I mean, that's what. Yeah, those things. Following we never stories quit. and getting relationships yeah, get to the and, very end, and, yeah. and doing all those yeah. things. You, you don't ever want to be the guy uh, out to dinner when George Brett's on with no. Frank Bolt for half an hour. Right. You don't want to be the guy standing a half a mile away talking about, yeah, they said it's done. Yeah. And misinterpreting what it's done means. Yeah, and, and, and when I was in the business, and I've always been this way, way back in the day, way back when I, when I was in Pittsburgh, a good friend of mine was named uh, was uh, Mike Burns. And his father was Bill Burns. I don't know if you know that name from all the journalism, but sure. he was the first anchor in the country on KDKA TV when TV just started. His dad was on the air. Mike and I, were, he, he went to South Hills Catholic. I went to Central. We played football against one another. My cousin went to high school with him, so I got to meet him through my cousin. We became pretty good friends. So every time he would come home from Princeton, I'm coming home from Villanova, we'd get down and meet his dad in downtown Pittsburgh. And we would sit and we'd go to Stouffer's Restaurant in downtown Pittsburgh. We'd have lunch with his dad once a year. And it was like, I mean, you walk into Stouffer's, I mean, this is like. You know, Jesus Christ has just reemerged. Okay? Oh, I mean, it's Bill Burns. Oh, my God. You know, yes, sir, Mr. Burns. Yes, sir, over here. He's a Korean War hero and the whole thing, right? The deal. So, you know, we'd go, and he always told me way back in the day, he said, you'd be great at this business. He said, I, I think you would really, I think you got a little, I don't know about the football thing. I don't know about this. I know you're going to businessman, but I think you'd really be good at this, at this deal. Never said much more about it. KDK never hired me. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Ooh. I sent enough tapes to them, but they never hired me. But uh, that was uh, that was the deal. But it, it's and I don't know how much longer That's we awesome. got to go here. But here's the deal about Kansas City. I um when I was uh uh you know I, I like I said I wasn't going to be here long when I first got here. Forget ah, maybe one maybe two contracts. Remember I started late. Mm-hmm. I started business. So I was 29 sure. years old, so I'm move. I'm moving. He's I'm with Merrifield. Finally making a big. Late. Trying to make it big, so um, I'm applying for jobs and getting bites. And I got the offer from WPXI in Pittsburgh and KYW in Philadelphia, and these deals. And it's funny when Craig Roberts. You remember Craig Roberts? That name, Houston mm-hmm. sports yeah. director in uh-huh. Houston. He was he was on the same station with uh, Ron Franklin. Mm-hmm. He and Franklin were on the same station together. And Craig and I became friends. We'd met each other. I think the first time we met was at the Rockets and the Kings. So every time I had a question about life and stuff, and he'd been in TV longer, I said, "Yeah." And every time I go, "Hey, listen, man, I think I'm getting nibbles from here and there." And he goes, "Hey, are you happy there?" I said, "Oh yeah." He said. Why the hell would you want to leave? He said, you go to Pittsburgh's hometown, they might hate you. 
You go to Philadelphia, they hate everybody. So he said, what the heck's the deal? So I just I, I just stuck, and I am so glad that I did. Because yeah, don't run away from happiness. No, a- absolutely. And just, yeah, it just and it, I just fit here. That reminded me, the people here remind me of people from Pittsburgh. They're just hardworking, blue-collar, charitable, nice. The whole deal, and it just, it just, it just had, it just had that feel about it. it was just, and that's why I ended up staying. Mm-hmm. As, 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 as I always did. say, so I say, there's something about Kansas City. Yeah, there's no, just, no question. About it. Just that's why it. George Brett stayed here. That's right. That's why Tom Watson. Tom Watson. Sure. I mean, it's just what it is. Enough out of you, sir. Here too. You made me ask him last week who the biggest pain in the ass was you he ever worked with at Channel Four, and I did. And he didn't answer. And now you're here. And I just and, and look, you, everybody you can, has no, a positive. You can like and someone. Negative. You can like someone, <laughs> and then and they're a pain in the ass. Hey, Jake, many times was a big giant pain in my ass. Nate can be a pain in my ass, so that it could be endearing. Who was the biggest pain in your ass? Well, from your TV days. We'll in the sports way. department, or are you Let's, coming anyway? Well, you, well, no. You're the one that asked the question. <laughs> Better go in the sports department then. Yeah. <laughs> The the biggest the only problem I had and, and I understood later why was I just had there was a lot of massaging had to be done between Al Wallace and Kevin Keatsman. Okay. So there was always there was always a little tension between those two individuals. And it was just one of those things. And it I think it motivated them both to be as good as they could possibly be. I mean, Kevin, the T V thing for Kevin was too narrow. Okay, we obviously see what he's doing now or whatever, what he wanted. But it was always too, I can't talk enough. I got this story and I've got to keep it to a minute 30. And damn it, it's, it's like five minutes. <laughs> I, said, I ain't got five minutes. Okay, I got, maybe you want to put a five minute story on Kansas City Sports Machine Sunday. Ah, it'll be an old story, by the way. And then, you know, the two of them being with Frank Lee's, whatever, who's next. Uh, so there was a lot of tension between those two individuals when they were there. And that was a so, pain in your ass, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't really a pain in my ass. It was something that I, being in the business, I had problem. Well, you problem wanted in, to be the sports director. I, I, you got to fucking manage it. Damn right you do. Yeah. I had a problem in Green Bay with the main guy there, Ken Lass. He was wanting to get out. He called me like two or three weeks later. I'm going, that should be my job. That should be my job. You got my job. What are you doing in my job? I'm going, Ken, you guys are killing it in BAY. You're That's doing right. wonderful things. What well, are you worried I'll tell you about this. People? I was there. I didn't, I didn't work there the whole time that, that you worked with, with you know, the group. Hey, there. both of those guys are great, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they, they were really good I at think, what they did. I do and think that's this, why they had to read it. My, my favorite text messages, I, I will get text messages from Al Wallace during the show. <laughs> Usually uh, you challenging something that Nate said, and I had to laugh my ass yeah, off. Right. I love well, it. I'll <laughs> say this. I think we had a really fucking good sports department. We did. We, we were really awesome. did. Yeah. Say and something when, about that fresh-faced we, we we young broke, man well, that you worked with. Stories. What was this? He Tell was me easy. About him. We did Look things. how easy he is. Tell me about he, what was young Todd Lebo like? I have to know. Every time that I left and I knew Lebo was in charge of something, I, I never had to worry. And that's all I cared about with my producers. Well, we had, uh, it was, uh, you know, Look and it was, it was so funny. Like, like uh, you have to work for trust. Right. And right. you have to be able to that's do right. that. And I, I've always felt that I've, I've done a good job of that. Yes. And that's why I still have a, a job doing things. But, you know, I, it's very scary time for me. And I, I've told this story on the radio before. And this is it's one of my greatest accomplishments and greatest fuck ups at the same time. <laughs> so um, it's 1994 NCAA tournament, I think. And I think Jan was having surgery or something. And so Frank was like had to be out. And so Al was with KU. 
in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's surprising. Kevin was with Missouri and That's Proctor surprising. in Proctor in Los Angeles. This is the ninety-four this is the ninety-four Missouri team that was undefeated oh, in the league. Shit. And Kansas was Kansas had been in the final four the year before. And they left me back to run the shit because Frank was gone. And you never gone during March, but right. you know, he he was gone. So you know, Al would anchor the six o'clock news. Kevin would anchor the 10 o'clock news, and it was all from remote, right? And I'm back. I, and at this point, um, I'm, a, I'm a full-time – no, I'm not. I'm not a full-time employee. Okay. I think I'm making hourly wage. All right. But they've trusted me to do this. And I, I'm booking satellite time. I'm sending scripts and all this You're fucking, fucking stuff. You're fucking doing it all. So I remember uh, I, I, I send Kevin – and like you were talking about with Rinkin Ball, you could hear when the highlights change. Because when you're on satellite, you can't see the you highlights see you're calling. Right. Yeah. So um, you can now, but you I, couldn't. I then. send him some stuff. It's the off day for I think both teams or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly how the thing was going. And K State well. was in the, the NIT. So uh, I send him stuff. We get done. I get home. I'm living with my parents. And uh, you know, they K State had played Fresno in the NIT or something. And I just cut some highlights and uh, and I uh, and Kevin reads them off. And K State wins 100 and whatever. Da 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 da. I, I, I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted. I go home. I made it through. I get home, and the NCAA tournament is on, so it doesn't end till like 11 o'clock at night. I'm st- I, I have a little Zenith TV in my bedroom, and I'm watching the highlights, and I watch uh, Channel 5 comes on afterwards. Jack Harry's doing the sports. And uh, he goes, oh, you know, Kansas is going to play fucking whoever and blah, blah, blah. He didn't say that part. And he goes, oh, <laughs> he goes, oh, let me tell you what happened out in Manhattan. Boys. Ski Jones scores 60 fucking four points. Oh, shit. So I gave the highlights to Kevin. Kansas win. K-State wins. I didn't know that he fucking scored an in- <laughs> the big 12 record or big eight record 60 fucking four points. Hey, you didn't tell him? I didn't tell him. Did you use the ski highlight? Oh, yeah. They were ski highlights. Okay. They were all ski highlights. He was just fucking shooting shots. <laughs> oh, my God. Because the whole time, I'm not paying attention to the game. It's the NIT. And and so, like, this is before there was Twitter. You had no alerts. I didn't look at the box score. I just put the score up. They won. And I got I go... Are you fucking kidding me? I just feel like I, I'm 20 fucking four years old. I've just produced all this shit. And I go, oh, major fucking detail. The guy just set the big eight score. How much record. shit did you get for well, that? I, I didn't get a lot of shit. No, I just, you were good. I, okay. I, I, internally, hey, I only because it. Only because Kevin was doing the highlights. Hey, let me, I just internally felt like, are you fucking kidding me? I, I, bury the lead? The lead is this motherfucker just scored 60 fucking three points or whatever it was. I'm going to tell you this. One of my big takeaways from this podcast is, is, my is your fuck up, but Jack Carey was one bad motherfucker. Yeah. He was running <laughs> shit around this deal, right? He was. Dude, he so was. Funny, like, I love Jack. Like, hey, listen, he was great. Right. Jack was oh, great. I love Jack. When you're, you Jack know what it's like? When you're a kid from Kansas competition. City. Competition. Right. Like, I'm a kid from Kansas City, and then I, I, I was working with fucking Frank Ball. It, was, it freaked me out, you know, as an intern. And then... And then working uh, for free, and then working part time, <laughs> which then, wasn't such a big deal. And I'll never forget. I've told this story before too. Like uh, with a, a fucking carton of peanuts at Arrow or at Coffin Stadium, using the payphone to call him at night, and he says, "Yeah, you got the job. Finally, um, you only get associate producer pay, but you got the job." I'm like, "I'll fucking take the job, Frank. I'm selling I got peanuts right now. <laughs> do, do your peanut call. You're out there. You're, you're... Bag of nuts. Peanuts here. Jumbo. Bag of nuts. Bag of nuts. Over here. Yeah, right here. Bag of nuts. Um, Lebo was but, but Smartest so guy then, I've ever known. Smartest uh, guy. Hey, that's not true. You've, smartest you've, guy. Dude, he has a memory been on Wall like an elephant. It's fucking losing it. I'm getting older on that. Mm-hmm. But I remember the first time I met, uh, that I actually met Jack Harry was like at spring training in like 1999 when I was working here. I never. I was just too scared to say Hello to That's Jack. That's probably Harry. around the same time I met him first. And you know what? Honestly, Kevin was 
kind of intimidated by Jack, and he was kind of scared to talk to him. And we were at spring training, and we were like in the next booth over doing stuff, and we're like, "Well, this fucking guy is just really cool," you know. Yeah. Oh, I was scared hey, to talk hey, to Jack, totally and he was scared. cool as shit. You should have been to spring training with Jack and I before Fort the satellite structure, right? Yeah, we yeah, go yeah, to yeah. Fort Myers. We'd come with about five or six shirts, right? Same shorts. Switch them all up. Five or six shirts. Do a story on Willie Wilson. Do a story on George Brett. All in one do a day. Sto- do a story. And, but we'd only send one package back a day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we, they would go out and play golf or go swimming I, in the hey, Gulf of Mexico. I remember after I first met Frank a couple times, but I, I kind of knew but didn't know. And then one time he shows up, he goes, what's up, scum? Yep. And I, I was like, why is he fucking mad at me? What did I do? And then you said, no, he likes you. That's good. That's good you, you know, If he calls you his name, he don't fucking like you. Yeah. And right. so hey, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for telling us all these stories and being open and honest. But no, so so here's the deal. No, 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 no. (laughs) No. We could fucking tell stories all day long. So this is what I'm going to ask you. Sure. From time to time, will you come back in here with this jerk off and tell more stories? I mean, this I could we could do this all day. We, we, I mean, just just to tell stories, and you too, and just you know, and talk. I mean, because this is just, people I love this, and I love my it. Stories. We didn't ah, even get to the great. part where you worked at fucking Channel Forty One. That's right. Didn't get to uh, channel, there. We didn't go part way down the road. Didn't get to the part where I worked at Channel Five, and then it didn't harm me. But I did. That. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I still did that that uh, pregame you basketball show, thing. Because you're a fucking. It doesn't have to be next week, but will you come back? Yes, he will. Sure. You have to. You you are now. Just make sure Lebo's here because Lebo's got all the facts. Right. You are now. In the, in the drinking your own urine. Same group. <laughs> I do not drink. My You're in the urine. same group as Jake Gutierrez and more importantly Steve St. John Senior. And you like being in that group. That's you are group. now a recurring guest on Hot Mike with SSJ because we good. love you and we love you. All we right, I and love I love you guys you. too. You know that. That is the one and only Frank Bull, Todd Lebo. I'm Stephen St. John. This has been Hot Mike with SSJ. Until next episode, the microphone is off. <laughs>